Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Project Describe. I uh, hope you guys are all doing well, surviving this uh, this panoramic, you know, growing in your relationships with God and with those that He's placed around you. Yeah, for those of you who are new, welcome. Uh, you know, Psalm 96, verse 8, uh, and many other scriptures encourage us to ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. And, you know, there's no one else worthy of our attention, our time, our gifts, which He gave to us. You know, our worship, uh, there's no one more worthy than Him. And that worship can be expressed in many different ways. And so my hope is that in my life, you know, that this podcast is doing that uh, while also hopefully encouraging you. I actually talked a little bit about God's glory in the last episode, uh, part three of the uh, Letters to the Father series, uh, this one being about our 2022 goals. And in that episode, I talked about how His glory is for our good and why it makes sense to seek His glory in all that we do. Uh, You know, to pray about our 2022 hopes, plans, goals, all of that, because when we seek His glory, God works it out for our good. Well, let's say I am seeking Him, though, and I am seeking His glory in all that I do. How can I be sure that I'm hearing him? You know, if he is guiding me, if he is directing me, if he is, as I mentioned in the last episode, if he is establishing my plans, how can I be sure that I'm hearing him? Can we as believers grow in our understanding of what God sounds like? And so the voice of God is exactly what I hope to look at in today's episode. So I hope it blesses you. I hope it encourages you. And as always, I hope it pushes you to ascribe to the Lord, the glory to his name. In Luke chapter 24, uh, this is a chapter where Jesus has now resurrected, resurrected from the dead. And news of his resurrection is starting to spread. You know, a few of the disciples are starting to, to find out. And, you know, again, news of it is starting to, to spread uh, little by little. And among those who have, uh, who have heard are these two disciples. One of them is unnamed. The other one, uh, his name is Cleopas. And it's a, a story that's commonly known as the, the road to Emmaus. And so... Uh, it comes from Luke chapter 24, uh, verses 13 uh, to the end of the chapter. And if you're, if you're unfamiliar with that passage, I, I, please, please, please go, go read it. Uh, it, is an, it is an amazing passage, and I believe that it teaches something very, very powerful about, about the voice of God. Uh, but the story basically, um, you know, in summary, basically goes, goes like this. So it's the day that Jesus has resurrected. And again, these two disciples, uh, one named Cleopas and the other one unnamed, uh, they're on their way from Jerusalem to, to a village called Emmaus, which is seven miles away. And as they're about to begin this journey uh, to go to Emmaus, uh, they're just discussing with each other, you know, all the events of this past weekend. Uh, that past weekend, basically, yeah, Jesus is, has died, he's in the tomb, he's now resurrected, there's news of that. And so they're discussing all these things and they're there's a lot to talk about, right? The, there, there's a lot that's going on in, in the city of Jerusalem. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of news, right? Uh, it's, a, it's a big deal what's just taken place over, over the past few days. As they're talking, you know, about these things, it says that Jesus himself walks up to them, but these disciples were kept from recognizing him. So we don't know exactly how, but Jesus does something to kind of veil himself, cover himself up, he does something to make sure that these disciples don't recognize him uh, physically or by his voice audibly. So he comes up to them and he asks them, what are you guys talking about? What are you discussing? And it says their, their faces are downcast and they're, they're almost uh, amazed at this question. 
and they turn to Jesus. Are are you are you new here? Are are you the only one that's you know just visiting Jerusalem that that has no idea what's been going on? Have you been under a rock? Uh, which is kind of funny because technically he kind of has been. But um, how is it that you don't know what's what's going on? How do you not know about these things? And Jesus asks again, you know, what what things? What are you what are you talking about? And again, they respond to him it's about Jesus, about Jesus of Nazareth. He was this prophet. He was he was powerful in his word. He was powerful in in his teaching. He was powerful in his deeds and in what he did in his miracles. And uh, he was he was this person that we thought was going to be the Messiah. But the chief priests and the religious leaders they handed him over to be uh, to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had really, really believed, we had really hoped that this was, this was the Messiah, that you know, we, we thought he was going to be the one who was going to come to redeem Israel. We thought he was going to be the one to come to be this, this king, you know, the, the one that the Old Testament talked about, this, this triumphant king who was going to free us from you know, Roman control and any other control. We were going to be our own people group again. Unfortunately, the Jews, many of the Jews, uh, didn't quite understand what the Messiah was supposed to look like. They, in their mind, they had this picture of this king who's going to come triumphantly. What they didn't realize was that the suffering servant that Isaiah spoke about would be that triumphant king. That those two, you know, people in the Old Testament were not two different people. They were one and the same. And so they were, they were incorrect there. They didn't realize that Jesus was that Messiah. And so they go on telling Jesus that, now what we're hearing, uh, you know, he's been crucified, he's been killed, and our hopes kind of have been, have been dashed. Now we're hearing these reports that the, the stone where Jesus was, or the tomb where Jesus was laid, the stone has been removed and now his body isn't there. Some of our companions have gone and checked for themselves. They, and they testify that, yeah, the tomb is open. There's no body. We don't know where Jesus is now. And Jesus hearing this, again, they, they still don't recognize him. They don't recognize him physically. They don't recognize him uh, audibly by his voice. And he turns to them, how, how, how slow you guys are to believe. Wasn't it written, wasn't it spoken that the Messiah had to go through all these things? That the Messiah had to come to suffer, to die, and then he would resurrect? And it says from there, Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus began to teach them. Jesus began to explain all the scriptures concerning himself. How the teaching of Moses and the story of Moses and how the teaching of all the prophets, they all pointed to Jesus. It just amazed. What an amazing sermon that must have been. Because again, imagine they're now walking together. They're walking together that seven miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And on that trip, Jesus is breaking down the bulk of the Old Testament to them. What a, what a sermon that must have been. When I'm, uh, when I'm reading the Bible, I, I like to, as much as, as much as possible, I like to kind of envision and imagine what's taking place. Uh, it's like, this is how I usually like to describe it. It's like I'm watching a movie and the words on the page are, are the script. And so again, just, just imagine what it must have sounded like, what it must have felt like just being there, walking with this person who is breaking down the bulk of the Old Testament to you and how it all points to, to the Messiah, how it all points to Jesus. Well, it says, as they're approaching their destination, you know, they've, they've arrived to Emmaus, it says that Jesus was basically just going to keep walking. 
he it looks as if like yeah he just he wasn't going to stop he was just going to he was just going to keep walking but the two disciples uh, they urged him please you know d- you know the the day is almost over right night is about to fall why would you continue traveling no 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 why don't you stay the night with us stay with us have you know dinner with us just stay with us and jesus agrees they urged him they urged him and jesus uh, jesus agrees so he he comes into the house with them when he was at the table you know, he comes into the house. They, they all sit at the table to, to eat. When he's at the table, it says that he takes some bread. He gave thanks for it. And he began to break it and hand it out to all the people that were, that were in the house. And it says the moment that he began doing that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. It's like, it's, oh my God, it's God. Right? It's, it's him. That's him. And the moment that they recognized him, he disappeared from their sight. It's just, he vanishes. He's gone. It's like somehow Jesus, he just, he disappears from their sight. And in verse 32, it says that they ask each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Did not our hearts burn within us? Even though we didn't recognize him physically, even though we didn't recognize him audibly, our hearts were burning within us. I believe this is what they were saying. We should have recognized him because of what was going on inside of us as he opened the scriptures to us. Only one person taught this way. Only one person, only one person, when they opened up the scriptures like this, caused our hearts to burn within us like this. Even though we didn't recognize him physically, you know, with our eyesight, even though we didn't recognize him audibly by his voice, Wow, we should have recognized him. The truth of the scriptures, the beauty of the scriptures. We should have recognized who he was when he opened the scriptures to us. And it says, as soon as they're, they're having these, these thoughts and they're, they're, they're just amazed at what has just taken place, it says they got up, now they're running back to Jerusalem. They just walked seven miles from Jerusalem to, to Emmaus. They're now running back the seven miles they just came. Back to Jerusalem to find the other disciples to proclaim this good news. He's alive. It's true. The rumors are true. Jesus is alive. And they began to explain to everyone exactly what has just taken place to them. How when they were walking and, and this person was teaching them, they, they didn't recognize him, but their hearts were burning within them. They began to, to proclaim that to, to all the disciples. And while they were still talking, and while they're still, you know, testifying about what has just happened happened to them, Jesus appears. He's now standing. He himself is standing among them. And he scares everybody. <laughs> and he says, peace be with you. They're thinking that this person that they're seeing is not a person. It's a ghost. Like, who just appears like that? And Jesus tells them, don't be afraid. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Touch me and see. Right? A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones. Give me a piece of food to eat. A ghost can't eat. Right? And so he's doing all these things in their presence to show them, no, it's me in the flesh. I am here. I'm not a ghost. I'm not a vision. It's me. I'm here. And then he says to them, this is what I've been telling you while I was with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me. Everything had to be fulfilled. All that was written in, this, in the scriptures, all that was written in the law of Moses, all that was written in the prophets, all of that had to be fulfilled, which included my coming, my death, my resurrection. 
in Luke 24, verse 45, it says that then he, uh, he meaning Jesus, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. How amazing that is. It's as if, you know, he, he takes this key and he unlocks it for them. He unlocks the scriptures for them. Why I love this passage when thinking about the voice of God is because I believe here Jesus is teaching us that we do hear from him. The disciples on the road to Emmaus were purposely kept from recognizing him physically, purposely kept from recognizing Jesus by his voice. Yet there was something going on inside of them as Jesus opened the scriptures to them. Later on in the chapter, again in verse 45, it says that Jesus has now opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. The implication of that, I believe, is this. For us here and now, I don't see Jesus physically in the flesh. I don't hear Jesus audibly, you know, with my physical ears. But can I hear from God? Can I hear from Jesus? Absolutely. Do any of you see Jesus physically in the flesh on a regular basis? No. Do any of you hear the audible voice of God on a regular basis? I don't think so. No. I actually know of one person, one person only, who has claimed to have heard the audible voice of God, and that only happened to him once. Otherwise, it's just like the rest of us. We may not see him physically, we may not hear him audibly, but can we hear the voice of God? Absolutely. I believe why Jesus intentionally kept himself from being recognized physically and audibly by those disciples was to teach them, I'm not going to be here anymore. The, the, the end of that chapter is actually Jesus ascending into heaven. So he's telling them. I think he's showing them. He's teaching them. Hey, just because you're not going to see me physically anymore, just because you're not going to hear me audibly anymore, that doesn't mean you're not going to hear my voice anymore. No, no, no. You will still be able to hear my voice because you have the scriptures. Because you have the word. And how true that is for us today. We can hear the voice of God, because we have the scriptures. The word is God speaking to us. Jesus has promised, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. Jesus has promised that. So we know his voice. We can hear from him. And he is teaching us in this passage that we can hear from him because we have the scriptures. Because he's already promised, my sheep know my voice. They hear me. Jesus wouldn't go through all that he went through on the cross. He wouldn't go through that kind of pain and suffering to proclaim the good news of the gospel, to proclaim the forgiveness of sins, to proclaim reconciliation to God. Where we were far, we have now been brought near because of the blood of Christ. He wouldn't come to do all of that, to proclaim all of that, to suffer like he did, just to never speak to us again. Right? That, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. God is a God who speaks, and he still speaks actively. He still speaks a lot here and now, and he is teaching us in this passage, 
because we have the scriptures. If you want to know the voice of God, if you want to grow in your relationship with God, if you want to hear him more in your life, if you want to know his will for you, if you want to know his will in general, if you want to know who he is, what he says about you, what he says about sin, what he says about anything, if you want to know his voice, if you want to hear from God, open the scriptures and ask him, Lord, you opened up the minds of the disciples to understand the scriptures, to hear from you. I want you to do it for me too. Lord, speak to me through your scriptures. I want to know your voice. Lord, make it make sense to me. I want to hear you. And what father would ever turn a child away that says, I want to hear your voice? Not this father. He loves you too much. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to know his voice and to know it well. Well, I hope this episode has encouraged you. Um, God is a God who speaks. And I know that there are times, uh, even personally speaking, where God's voice can feel frustrating. You know, we just want him to speak, you know, in the big, booming, loud, audible voice, tear the heavens open. But um, we can trust that even if he doesn't do that, that doesn't mean he's not speaking. All throughout the scriptures, we are reminded again and again and again that God is a God who speaks. In fact, Deuteronomy chapter 8, I believe it's verse 3 that says, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That God has actually designed us not to just survive or not to just not to just live on bread alone, but actually we're designed to live on His Word. We need His Word. We need His voice. Regardless of where you're at, you know, in your relationship with Him, um, regardless of where you're at, you know, in, in whatever season of your life you're in, maybe you're waiting to hear from Him on something. Maybe you're you're unsure of a decision that you need to make. Maybe you're sure of a decision that you need to make. You're just maybe afraid or um, maybe everything is just going well. One thing that I know that I have seen in my life and I I have seen it true in the life of the believer and I've seen this true in, in all the scriptures, we can always trust that God is a God who speaks. And we can start and constantly go back to again and again to his word for that is God speaking. Till next time, fam.